You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host, Matthew Bruni. You can hit me up at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. Alright, what is going on, guys? It is Friday, September 14th with the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Bruning, back at it. Today we are going to be going over all of the Sunday games. Before we go ahead and jump into those, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into the news of the day, and then I will break down what happened last night, especially with some of my uh, good calls and bad calls. Alright, so not much news to report here today. Uh, Matt Patricia says that they need to correct the Lions' trajectory for the season. Not a big surprise there with the way that they kind of got blown out by the Jets. Uh, Falcons' Devonta Freeman has been ruled out for Sunday's game with his knee injury. I'm going to talk more about that in the Atlanta-Carolina preview, but did want to touch on that to begin with. Uh, Marquise Goodwin has also been declared out by Kyle Shanahan. Uh, for Sunday's game. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, according to Coach Doug Peterson, has looked good in drills but has still not been cleared for contact, or contact uh, which means he will not play this Sunday, and I would imagine means he's still likely going to be out for week three as well. But if he gets cleared for contact during uh, some point in time next week, there's a chance he could play as early as week three. And uh, then lastly, uh, at least injury-wise, Leonard Fournette uh, did not practice again today with a hamstring injury. Uh, I, I personally don't think uh, he's going to play. That They've said he's a game-time decision. Uh, if I'm a Fournette owner, I would – I mean, you've got to watch this closely, but I would be leaning toward uh, Yeldon if you have him. If not, I would make plans to start somebody else. Uh, then uh, Marcus Mariota and Blaine Gabbert will both play this Sunday – According to head coach Mike Vrabel, not really sure how that makes any sense in my opinion. Uh, according to him, they are evaluating both quarterbacks uh, 
uh, I mean, I, Blaine Gabbert to me is not a good quarterback. But, I, I mean, what do I know? I'm not a head coach in the NFL. Uh, seems kind of stupid. Hopefully that's more just because of the issue to Marcus Mariota's elbow, and they're really not evaluating both of them to see who's the better quarterback. But apparently both of them will see time this weekend. And then last but not least, Aaron Rodgers uh, still remains day-to-day. Uh, and, again, I'll get more talk more about his injury when it comes to the Packers-Vikings uh, preview. So for last night's game, uh, Bengals-Ravens, the Bengals pulled off the win 34-23, and it wasn't even that close in my opinion. Uh, the Bengals jumped out to a very quick 21-0 lead with three touchdown passes to A.J. Green. Uh, that was a huge, uh, my bad. Wrong, sir. Wrong. Happy to see both of them play well. Obviously, both Dalton and Green. I was not expecting it. Dalton has seemed to struggle in these primetime games. Uh, I did obviously predict uh, the Tyler Boyd go off. I thought that he would be very good as well as John Brown. Ding, ding, ding. What do we have for Johnny? Obviously, the the AJ Green and Andy Dalton call were, were fairly bad. I really did not think either one of them was going to play good. Uh, so, But going with the Bengals side of things here, so the Bengals have looked really good now for two weeks in a row and all the way back into the third week of the uh, preseason. Um, you know, with this, with them having this full year now in, in Bill Lazor's offense, it's been really interesting to see. It feels like uh, this offense, especially with all the weapons that they have, is really starting to come around to be a top offense that we have all kind of hoped they would be the past few years. Really relying on Mixon in the running game, and, and the team looked different completely, in my opinion, when Mixon was out there. When Mixon was on the field and running the ball, he looked much more explosive than Giovanni Bernard. Uh, I think this offense could really uh, continue to build well and look better into the future with uh, Mixon as long as he stays healthy and stays the lead back. Now, A.J. Green, again, just reaffirmed his status as a top elite wide receiver in this league. I think sometimes we forget it or think he's kind of fallen off, especially after the year he had last year. Uh, but in my opinion, he just completely firmed that up and showed us exactly how good he was in that game and what he can do. And again, Dalton looks good uh, as well. A uh, little disappointed in what with what happened with Tyler Eifert. Uh, they did say that he is on a quote-unquote pitch count or snap count, however you want to put it. Uh, so I don't I'm not really sure how that's going to look for him the rest of the year. I would assume he'll be more of a red zone threat. They'll use him in the red zone, but he's not going to get much in between the 20s. As for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Flacco, in my at least the first half, did not look good. He looked somewhat better in the second half. Uh, Alex Collins, I would not panic yet if I'm an Alex Collins owner. I know Buck Allen vultured the touchdown. He looked better, in my opinion, for most of the game, uh, but a lot of that I think was game script in the first game and this game. In that in that first game against the uh, Bills, the Ravens were up so much that it just kind of became a thing to be continue using Buck Allen and Kenneth Dixon instead of using Alex Collins and wearing him out. Where in this game they got behind. I mean, at almost it seemed like off the jump they were down twenty-one to nothing. That they were using the passing game more often, and Buck Allen was in there because he's more of their third down back and receiving back, and that kind of limited what Alex Collins. Could do. While I personally am not a huge Alex Collins believer, not a big fan of his, I think he's a little overrated. I do think that he will continue to be the lead back there, and he'll his fantasy uh, upside and production will increase over the coming 
coming weeks, especially if they get ahead in games and they need someone to run the ball out on, or if they're still in games and using the rush to, you know, work the clock a little bit, Collins is going to get his work. It's just been a weird two games for this Baltimore offense. As for wide receivers, as I said on yesterday's podcast, I thought John Brown would be the go-to guy here. Uh, He's a deep threat. He's always looked good when he was healthy. He's been healthy. He's looked really good in this offense. You know, uh, Michael Crabtree, well, I think he's the red zone guy and someone that will get targeted. For me, John Brown has just looked the most uh, explosive and the, the wide receiver, at least, that I want to own. Uh, as um, and as well as well, Buck Allen has looked good. Uh, I'm not really sure what to think with him. I, I think his uh, upside has increased a little bit with Kenneth, Kenneth Dixon being put on the IR yesterday. Buck Allen is going to get the receptions. He's going to get some carries here and there. We did again see him vulture a touchdown from Alex Collins yesterday. But uh, uh, Buck Allen's just always worried me. I've always kind of felt like he's a, a so-so back. Uh, we've seen him kind of fullest before in the past, and that's honestly what I'm a little worried is going to happen here again this year. All right, so let's get down into breaking down the games for Sunday morning and or Sunday afternoon and the Sunday night games. Uh, for starters, we're going to go with one of the more intriguing matches for me, Carolina at Atlanta. So on Atlanta's side of things here, uh, for me, uh, their offense worries me a little bit with Steve Sarkeesian calling these ball, uh, calling these balls, calling these plays. Um, I really didn't think much of it last year. I thought maybe if you remember back a couple years ago when Kyle Shanahan took over Atlanta, uh, Matt Ryan and the whole offense struggled that first year. Uh, a lot of people thought it was just because of how complicated Kyle Shanahan's offense was that it takes time to learn the offense. And kind of get yourself going in it. And I thought maybe that's what was going on last year. Especially with Steve Sarkeesian coming in. A lot of the word was that he wasn't getting to a... He was kind of putting his own verbiage in the offense. But it wasn't necessarily his offense that he was running. He was having to run this kind of version of Kyle Shanahan's offense that had already been installed. I really thought that was kind of what was going on here. And I just feel like I might be wrong on that. Uh, they just seem to struggle in the red zone. You know, I, I was listening to NFL radio the other day, and they were talking about how when they get down into the red zone and other teams are running, for instance, like the Panthers, who they'll be playing this week, run a zone coverage into in the red zone defense, that his play calling has been just to have the wide receivers run right at the defenders, which is not good for a zone coverage defense. You want your... Uh, Guys, not necessarily to run slant routes, but something that's going to cause the defenders, the cornerbacks, or safeties who are just standing there in the end zone to have to choose which route they're going to cover and hope that their teammate covers the other one. That's possibly is going to be what springs somebody open and allows them to do something instead of seeing guys just literally run straight lines down the field. So Sarkeesian's play calling has been questionable at best. He has not been able to get Freeman and or Tevin Coleman really going so far, uh, which worries me a little bit someone who I really like uh, in Tevin Coleman, the fact that he hasn't been able to kind of uh, get going with Sarkeesian compared to when he was with Shanahan, it just kind of bothers me a little bit. Uh, so with uh, with that being said, I still like Ryan this week, um, like Julio, 
Uh, Devonta Freeman is out with the injury, and I'll touch on that in a minute. Uh, I like Tevin Coleman here. Uh, he'll get the ball. He's going to be the lead back. Uh, I would like to see what he does. I really hope that they can get him going in the passing game like I was just talking about because, obviously, that, that'll really increase his fantasy value, so I'd really like to see that happen. Uh, what worries me a little bit about Atlanta's offense, this offensive line, I don't think is as good as a lot of people think it is. Carolina's defense in front seven is really good, top probably five to ten in the league. Uh, so I think they'll be able to put pressure on Matt Ryan in this game, which could cause him to make some bad throws as well. For Devonta Freeman, so what's going on here is this is the injury that he got last New Year's Eve, I believe is what it was, or right around that time where he sprained his MCL and PCL. From everything I've read and everything I've, I've heard is that the MCL is fine, but he's still having issues with his PCL there. There's still a sprain or it's still not okay. It's messed up. And so what I was reading... Just different stuff. I was kind of doing some research on it. I've, I've never had a PCL injury, so personally never gone through it. Don't know what it's like. Uh, what Everything I've read is that they're saying that the stability of the knee is different now and that he'll have to get – it's still him trying to work it out and get used to it. And so what happens is it's not necessarily a tear in there or something that's bad and the knee is not stable. The knee is stable with the PCL, but that it gets sore because – it's just not what it used to be, I guess is the best way to put it. I don't, I don't, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how to, to use the doctor words necessarily. But since it's not the same as it used to be, it's going to get sore more often than not. But that that is what is believed to be the only real issue here with Devonta Freeman. Uh, there was reports earlier in the day that he would be out for two weeks. Now they're saying that there's a chance he's only just out for week two. Regardless, if you have Tevin Coleman, I personally would not trade him if, if you're not the Devonta Freeman owner as well because I have a really bad feeling that Freeman's going to be out more than just one week or coming throughout the season he's going to miss more games and I think Kevin Tevin Coleman can easily carry the load for them on the Panthers side of things um and I actually have the Panthers winning this game I'll just go ahead and say I must not not predict scores anymore because that just made me look foolish last week but I will give who I think is going to win the game like I said we do a pigskin pick them with the FLA blog so I will give my picks uh, that I submitted to them uh, throughout the year and I'm picking the Panthers to win on the Panthers side of things uh, obviously Atlanta's defense now down Keanu Neal and Deion Jones in my opinion really helps Christian McCaffrey I'm, I'm expecting a big game from him this week uh, while Atlanta's linebackers uh, still can can get the job done uh, and their defensive uh, front, their defensive line is really good, I, I don't expect McCaffrey to get a lot of rushing yards here, but I do think in the passing game he'll be able to get by some of these linebackers and make some plays. Uh, their cornerbacks are extremely underrated, and I'm not big on any of the Falcon or Falcons, I'm sorry, the Panthers wide receivers like Devin Funches, uh, DJ Moore, who I think is still kind of improving and learning the offense. So I'm not sold on him having a big game here. I think this is really going to come down to Cam and uh, Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, Greg Olson is out uh, with the foot injury. He re-injured or re-broke his foot. And uh, again, while I was doing some research, I did a lot of research, not really a lot, research on four of these uh, key players that are injured for fantasy earlier this afternoon. So Olsen with his Jones fracture. From everything I was reading, uh, if, if you know basketball or paid attention to anything that happened with Kevin Durant, uh, when Olsen had this happen, there's two ways you can go about it. Because not a lot of blood flow gets 
gets down in that part of the foot or in the bones to help heal it, uh, you can either let it heal, which is what Olsen did, or you can go in for the full surgery, which is an open uh, open surgery where they literally open your foot up. They do all kinds of bone graphing and plates in there that will allow it to heal, but it's a much longer process. I believe it's like a six to eight uh, month process to allow it to fully heal up. Olsen did not do that last year. He wanted to come back and play, so he just took the route of letting it heal naturally. And according to the the stuff that I read and the studies I read, when that happens, there's an 80% chance that you'll be fine and healed. But not always. Obviously, Olsen falls on that not always part because he rebroke literally the same bone that he broke last year. So with them saying that he'll only be out for four weeks is probably a very good timeline um according to what i read it usually takes about three or four weeks for that to heal back up what does worry me about olsen is that he could literally break it again at any point in time i mean it's not like someone stepped on his foot or hit him with a hammer in this game he just stepped wrong and it broke that could happen again because he hasn't gotten that surgery to put the plate in there now if it happens again i would imagine he's just going to get the surgery call it quits for this season get the plate and everything put in then come back next year for one last ride uh, so in redraft leagues me personally i would not drop him you're only looking at two weeks maybe before he's able to come back three uh, i can understand dropping him if your benches are shallow if someone did drop him maybe not this week but next week i would think about picking him up because i think he's about two weeks away after next week uh, but it's going to be definitely interesting to see what happens with him because like i said if he breaks it again i can't imagine he's going to play anymore this year and he'll just opt for the surgery to try and at least come back and play for one more year uh other than that though i don't i don't see fun just really having a big game here i'm not a big fan of him i don't think he's a very uh talented wide receiver he i think he or i shouldn't say that i think he's a very good wide receiver too uh, and he's miscast in this wide receiver one role for carolina they really need to bring in a guy who is a one and i think that would definitely improve what devin Funches can do because he's not being asked to be something that he's not uh so for me i think this is going to be big cam newton and christian mccaffrey game uh Cam ran on the pan, uh, not the Panthers. Uh, he ran on the Falcons last year. I believe it was like for 72 yards on 11 carries. I can see that happening again for him, and I do expect them to win this game. All right, next up we've got the uh, Los Angeles Chargers at Buffalo. Uh, gonna just gonna really touch on Buffalo's side here real quick. It won't take me that long. Uh, obviously we've got Josh Allen starting here. Uh, I would completely avoid him, obviously. Uh, I don't expect much out of him this week. I hope that he continues to progress and is able to become kind of something what, or the quarterback everybody was hoping in Buffalo he'll become when they traded up to get him, but I'm not really going to take him for fantasy this week. Uh, wide receiver-wise, I'm not really looking at anybody here. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin is going to be going up against a stacked, still at least in my opinion, even though they lost uh, Verrett. Um, secondary in Los Angeles. Uh, McCoy here is probably the only play. Uh, I think he's helped a little bit with the fact that Bosa is going to be out again this week for the Chargers, uh, but I wouldn't have him. I'd probably have him as a low-end RB2 more than anything else. Um, shoot, we just got some breaking news over here about Joe Mixon. Uh, I'm... I'll put that at the end of the podcast. I've, oh, wow, that is not good. I'm sorry. I did not mean to get interrupted by that, but that is just bad news for Joe Mixon. Okay, so, Bills. McCoy, like I said, 
probably back in running back to not not high on him against this defense uh, I know they are missing Bosa but I still like this defense as a whole I think they're one of the better defenses in the league so I, I would completely really realistically if you could uh just just fade everyone Buffalo in my opinion for the Chargers um I don't quite think this is going to be a blowout like everybody else does just because of what we saw last week against Baltimore. San Diego has struggled going all the way over to the East Coast and uh, winning a game, winning games, especially having to play in the early time slot. I do expect Rivers to have a good game here as well as Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler, I think, could still not quite the 20-plus points game he had last week. But I do think he'll put up some points because I do think he's going to continue to eat into Melvin Gordon's workload and get more catches than Melvin Gordon. Uh, wide receivers here. Um, Keenan Allen worries me a little bit if he's put on for Davius White. Uh, obviously, if Allen is moved into the slot some uh, at times like he was in week one, he'll avoid White. And while Tredavious White is not going to lock down Allen completely still, I'd rather him be on somebody else so Allen can get his. Uh, I do think he'll have the best day out of this wide receiver core, but I wouldn't expect much out of him. Uh, other than him, other than those three, though, with uh, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, and Allen, there's not really anybody else here I'm that interested in. Travis Benjamin's probably not playing again. He's questionable. Uh, not really looking at anybody like the the Williams brothers, quote-unquote. I know they're not really brothers, Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams. Uh, neither one of them I'm playing unless you're looking in a, in a deep league, uh, and I do have the Chargers winning this game. All right, next up, we've got Minnesota at Green Bay. Uh, for Minnesota's side of things here, that offensive line, I think, is really going to shape what kind of fantasy game we're going to get out of them this week. Uh, Green Bay's defensive line is a lot better than people think. If they can overload this offensive line and get to Kirk Cousins, uh, I don't think this offense is going to have a great day. Uh, Kirk looked a lot better last week than I expected him to. He is struggled the first few weeks of every season it seems the past three years last week he came out on fire put up 20 points for fantasy which was great to see unless um, unless you were like me and you sat him because you expected him to be crap and he wasn't um but other than that uh, dalvin cook you know like i, I talked about in the monday podcast he was out there for 80 percent of the snaps he looked decent not great i think he's going to continue to get better throughout the year i wouldn't sit him i think he's going to be all right this week uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph, obviously, he's going to be a red zone threat every time they're down there. I don't think he's going to do much other than that, except for be the big red zone threat. But, I mean, we've, we've obviously seen he just doesn't have the kind of speed or anything anymore. It looks like he's 40 years old out there, and realistically, he's only 28. So I don't expect him to do much. Uh, when it comes to Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, I'm still leaning Thielen here this week, though I do think Stefan Diggs has a better chance at a big play. Uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're playing DFS and you're trying to figure out which one you want to play, I'd probably go... Digs just for the upside of him possibly getting a huge touchdown compared to Thielen, but Thielen in a PPR, I guarantee, is going to get more targets and more catches. Therefore, he's going to put up more points unless Diggs gets that long touchdown again. On Green Bay's side of things here, running backs, I'm avoiding completely. I don't think Jamal Williams is good at all. I, I would expect him and Ty Montgomery to continue splitting carries a little bit. I'm sure Jamal Williams will get some work, but they're possibly going, not even possibly, I think they're the best defense in the league here. I think they're just a tad bit better 
than Jacksonville's because there's really no weakness whatsoever, in my opinion, in this Vikings defense where I would question the Jacksonville's linebackers just a bit. Uh, so with them going up against this great defense, in my opinion, I would just completely avoid Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery if you have them. And if it's possible that you can get them on your bench and plug in somebody else who's better, I would go that route. Uh, for the wide receivers, obviously Devontae Adams is a stud. Uh, he hasn't practiced much this week, though, uh, due to the due to the shoulder injury. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll play. I don't think that's really an issue. Uh, obviously, Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb both looked good last week. Uh, I would expect Xavier Rhodes to be on Adams more than anybody else, which will probably lead to more of an Allison or Cobb game. I think Cobb could have another good game again this week, not what he had last week, which really all kind of came on that one play. Uh, but I would expect him to have at least another decent game here, and then I would honestly probably sell him after this game if you can get someone to bite on him. For Rodgers, he's another one of the guys I was doing a little bit of research on for the injuries. So with his MCL, apparently it was a grade 3 sprain, which is almost a complete... Uh, I can't... Man, I feel like I didn't read this right. Uh, like Almost like a tear off the bone type of thing. Not anything serious to where you need surgery right away, but... The sprain was bad enough um, that it causes his leg to be extremely stiff, uh, that he cannot really bend it, um, move around a whole lot. It's just going to be really stiff and painful. But from what I was reading, apparently you can shoot that part of your leg up to kind of numb that, numb the pain, and that he'll still be able to be a, he'll be able to be out there and move around, but the the knee will be stiff, and it's all kind of a pain tolerance thing. So that goes back to what I talked about the other day with Rodgers. Uh, that worries me a little bit is the fact that this Minnesota defense is so good that they'll be able to pressure him. Rodgers is smart enough to know to get the ball out as quickly as possible, and I do think I could you could just see him going down at times, you know, and live to fight another day. I don't personally obviously think he's going to be getting out of the pocket and rushing for anything with that knee injury. And of course, that's just all assuming that he plays. If he doesn't, I would just avoid everybody on this team as as a, a for, uh, not a former Browns fan. As a Browns fan, our former quarterback Deshaun Kaiser. It just has not looked good this season or in the preseason. Didn't really look good as a, as a Cleveland Brown as well. So for that, I mean, like I said, if, if Rodgers is out, I would just avoid him completely. Obviously, I hope he plays. I actually have Green Bay winning this game, assuming Rodgers plays, and plays just well enough to get the Packers the victory. Uh, next up, we've got Cleveland at New Orleans. Uh, for Cleveland's side of things here, uh, I'm really interested to see how this goes. Uh, I actually picked Cleveland to win, not just because of my homer bias, though that is some of it. I really do think Cleveland is actually going to win this game. Uh, the Saints defense looked bad last week. I don't expect them to be that bad. Uh, but in my opinion, Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And while obviously Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry – well, at least I think they're better than Mike Evans. I think you can make an argument Mike Evans is better than them. I do think both are better than Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin. Uh, I think Jarvis Landry is obviously going to get targeted a lot here again. He got targeted 15 times, I believe it was, in week one. 
obviously got over 100 yards. Um, Tyrod, I think, is going to be better in this game. I know he was only 15 for 40 for 198 last week. He got the 70-plus yards rushing and the rushing touchdown. I do think he has the rushing side in him again this week. Uh, I think that's really the only plus side he brings to fantasy is what he can do on his or with his legs. Um, so I do expect him to produce again for fantasy, finish as number six quarterback last week. I expect him to finish in the top 12 to 15 this week. Um, with Jarvis Landry, I, I, I'm not really sure I expect a touchdown from him this week, though I expect the same kind of workload. I do expect him to just get targeted frequently and often. Josh Gordon uh, is likely going to be locked up with Marcus Lattimore most of the game. Uh, while that didn't really seem to slow Evans down, I do think Lattimore is a very legit defensive cornerback, and I could see him shutting down Gordon to some extent. Uh, I think Gordon is a very talented wide receiver, obviously, and I do think that he's going to score again this week. I just don't see him putting up a lot of yards. I think the yards are going to go mostly to Jarvis Landry. Uh, for the running game here, I'm not expecting much out of Carlos Hyde or Nick Chubb. I think the Browns are going to be down uh, down first compared to being the Saints being down. I think the with that being said, they're not going to try and rush the ball that much. It's going to be more of a hurry-up and passing offense to try and keep the Browns in the game and ultimately win it, which means Duke Johnson is going to be on the field more often, in my opinion. And I think Duke is going to have himself a good game, much like last year. On New Orleans side of things here, Drew Brees, obviously I am sold on. No no reason not to be. I have him as my number one quarterback this week. Uh, is bad, or not as bad, as great as his defense looked last week, causing the fumble four fumbles and getting the three interceptions. I do think that they're going to turn Brees over here. Probably get an interception, maybe two and or a fumble. Um, I just don't see them being able to slow and stop him down, though. Drew Brees is an all-time great, in my opinion. And I think that once he starts uh, kind of getting in the groove of things and everything, he'll be able to get by this defense. Not easily, because I do think the Browns are going to win. But he'll be able to put up his points and put up his yards to try and keep the Saints either in this game or ahead before they end up losing. Uh, Alvin Kamara, obviously he's a must-start every week. I think he's going to have himself a great week this week. Probably more in the receiving game than rushing, much like last week. I think that those front defensive linemen for the Browns are very good, and while their linebackers are good as well, none of those guys are going to be able to keep up with Alvin Kamara. As for the wide receivers, it's all just Michael Thomas here. Uh, Ted Ginn is a very viable player in deep leagues, I think, because he can get those long touchdowns for you, and you never know when they're going to come. Other than that, though, this offense is just completely fed through Michael Thomas and... Other than that, for the Saints, I, I don't really have anything else. I don't think their tight ends are going to be anything fantasy-wise or fantasy-relevant. So then with that, like I said, I have the Browns winning the game. And then we will move on to the next game, which I've got here as Miami and the New York Jets. So on Miami side of things... Um, Kenyon Drake got a lot more, or got a bulk of the snaps last week over Frank Gore, yet Frank Gore still had a decent amount of carries and looked good. I do expect that to kind of tail off as the season goes on. I, I've been a firm believer in Kenyon Drake. I've been a Kenyon Drake truther most of this offseason. Talked about it on the podcast. Uh, I do think Gore is going to be involved here in the next couple weeks. He... Uh, just hasn't really fallen off. I do expect him to fall off eventually. He is 35, I believe. 
so with that being said, Kenyon Drake here, if you got him, start him. Don't worry about Gore. He may have himself one or two more good games, and it's going to be all Drake all day long. On the wide receiver side of things, Devontae Parker is supposedly going to be back to play today. I would just avoid him completely and go with Kenny Stills here. Um, other than that, Danny Amendola, I think, possibly could have a decent game. Uh, not 100% sold on him and his injury issues in the past, but definitely someone to watch for. And then, like I said, Devontae Parker, he just, I, I don't know. He can't seem to stay healthy. Uh, he's supposedly going to play this week, but I would just avoid him at all costs unless you just have to play him for some reason. On the Jet side of things, uh, I, I'm... Obviously, I'm a, I'm kind of predicting a letdown game here. Uh, I do think the Jets are going to win the game. I obviously don't expect them to do quite as good as they did against uh, the Detroit Lions on Monday night. Uh, Sam Darnold here, I think, is going to struggle just a little bit and come back to earth. Uh, I'm not expecting a big game from Quincy Anunua here. Uh, last week, Minka Fitzpatrick was in the slot more often than not against the Titans. If that happens again here, I think he has the ability and is a good enough defender to shut down. Um, uh, the the uh, slot wide receiver position he was he was kind of following that slot wide receiver around a lot, uh, and that's where Anunwa was getting a lot of his workout on Monday. Uh, so I'm not big on Anunwa this week. I think Fitzpatrick really looked good, and I wouldn't. I mean, I'm sure they will test him at some point in time, but for me, I would just avoid Anunwa and go with the other guys here, which would be Rodney Anderson and Terrell Pryor. Um. I would probably Rodney Anderson. My goodness, you idiot. <laughs> Robbie Anderson. Uh, I, I would lean more Robbie Anderson. He had that nice catch, obviously, uh, in the Monday night game. Uh, Terrell Pryor, I just I need to see it first before I can trust him. I know how good he was in Cleveland. I know he had the injured ankle all last year, but I, I just I need to see it. So hopefully, though, uh, again, as a, as a Buckeye fan, I would love to see him continue succeeding. So hopefully he can do that. But again, I, I just need to see it first. Uh, for the running backs here, um, you know, I'd probably lean more Powell than anything else. Uh, Crowell did look good. Uh, Miami's defense is obviously much better than Detroit's. I think Detroit's is probably one of the worst in the league. But I do expect the uh, Dolphins to probably get up early. Uh, though I do expect them to lose, so they'll probably start leaning on Powell more than Crowell. Either way, I think Crow Powell is more talented than Crowell, so he would be the guy that I would want to see or at least have on my team more than the shares of Crowell. All right, so then on to the probably most fantasy-relevant game of the weekend, Kansas City at Pittsburgh. I am expecting this to be a huge shootout, which means it's probably going to end up being a 7-3 game because that's just how it works out, right, guys? So for Kansas City's side of things here, I just I don't see who's going to stop Tyreek Hill on this defense. I mean, let's let's just say it with me, guys. Here, say it with me. The Cleveland Browns threw all over the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, or maybe not threw all over. Tyrod really only threw for 198 yards, and it was windy and wet, but still, the Cleveland Browns were just all over. This defense and realistically all over this offense last week for Pittsburgh. Uh, so I don't know who's going to be able to cover, cover Tyree Kill. They've already said Joe Hayden, I believe, is out. Um, I think he's one of the better cornerbacks and not quite what everyone hoped he would be dealing with the injuries in Cleveland before going to Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm, I'm not expecting much out of Sammy Watkins here or really Travis Kelsey. It, it just seems like. 
Pat Mahomes is wanting to go with the deep ball all the time. Hopefully Andy Reid is able to reel him in a little bit and get him to go short yardage to, to boost Kelsey up and get Kareem Hunt some th- catches uh, because I'm not sure how much he's going to be able to do against this defense rushing-wise. But other than that, I mean, if you have Kelsey Hunt, you're starting him anyway. There's no point in sitting these guys unless you know you've got Kelsey and Gronk, which if you do, I mean, just... Bravo, kudos to you. However the fuck you did that, I have no idea, unless it's a dynasty league. But for me, you're starting those guys anyways. I'm just not expecting a huge game out of Kelsey. Uh, For Pittsburgh's side of things here, I mean, this is part of the reason why I think it's just going to be a shootout. Because just like I said for Pittsburgh, I don't see who's going to be able to stop A.B. and Juju for Kansas City. Eric Berry's out. He's question or not out. He's questionable for the game, and I think that makes this whole defense questionable because nobody else on that team is going to be able to cover AB or Juju. Uh, I know Ben Roethlisberger is dealing with the elbow issue, but they've already said that he's going to play. I would expect him to play. So it's just, I mean, those three are going to have a fantasy bonanza. I expect James Conner to go over 100 yards again and score here. So that, I mean, if you've got a Steeler play him you got a chief play him this is hopefully going to be a great game a great shootout i can't wait to see it it's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch uh, next up philly at tampa bay so philly's side of things uh obviously nick Foles still in a quarterback carson Wentz is not going to play uh interested to see how they're going to keep using this backfield is it all going to be jay ajayi Darren Sproles and Corey Clement, are they going to get a little bit more workload here? Again, I've, I've stated I think Corey Clement is the better back of this backfield, uh, not a JHIE believer. Obviously, if he's able to get the carries in the red zone like he was last week and get the couple touchdowns, he's going to have himself a good game. Again, I just don't think JHIE is overly talented. Uh, but he's probably going to have at least a decent game here. Uh, we saw how well the Bucks defense was carved up against the Saints last week, though. Drew Brees and Nick Foles are on very different levels of skill there. Uh, for the Phillies wide receivers, I mean, my goodness, they have nothing. You know, as, as I talked about earlier, Alshon Jeffrey is out again this week. Matt Collins is still on the IR. So you're looking at Nelson Aguilar, DeAndre Carter, Kamar Aiken, and Mike Wallace. Uh, out of all those guys, I mean, obviously, I think Nelson Aguilar is the best. Um, I could see him getting probably close to what he got last week against the Saints. He's going to get a lot of targets, probably get you 60, 70, 80 yards. If he gets you a touchdown, he's going to have himself a great week. I just don't know if that's going to happen. Mike Wallace is the deep threat here. Uh, DeAndre Carter might be the sleeper, I guess, that I would go with, uh, though, Honestly, if you're playing him, you've got to be in a deep league. I think if you've got Aguilar, start him. Wallace, he's iffy for me. I'm not sure I would start him if I have him. On Tampa Bay's side of things here, oh, I'm sorry, Zach Ertz. If you've got Zach Ertz for Philly, you're starting him. If you're not, I I don't know what to tell you. Obviously, Zach Ertz, he's still going to be a top five tight end. He had a lot of drops last week. I don't expect that to continue on to this week. Uh, Tampa Bay side of things, I mean, Ryan Fitzmagic, I, I think the magic runs out this week. That Philly defense is much, much better than the Saints and scarier than the Saints defense. I know the Saints had a great defense last year, but let's not pretend like it's anywhere close to how good Philly's is. Uh, so I think that runs out a little bit. Evans and Godwin, uh, 
Man, I really don't think Evans is going to have himself a good week this week. I think the Phillies corners in Roby. Goodness, I said Roby. I'm still thinking about the Falcons for some reason. Uh, Ronald Darby. Uh, was it Malcolm Jenkins? Uh, Sidney Jones, I think, is really underrated in this secondary. But these guys, I mean, they've got probably one of the best defensive backfields in the game. I feel like they're going to be able to shut Mike Evans down here. I like Chris Godwin in this game, though, especially if he's going to be in the slot. The one guy you can attack, in my opinion, is Sidney Jones, even though I think he is underrated. I think Godwin can put up some points here. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is still in the concussion protocol. I have not seen up until this point if he's gotten cleared. I believe if what I heard was correct earlier in the day that they have to be cleared by Friday because then they cannot fly. Or what am I talking about? Fly with the team. Philly's coming to Tampa. My goodness, Matt Bruning. Okay, then. Let's change that. Let's rewind, pretend like that never happened. Uh, but he hasn't been cleared yet, regardless, from the concussion protocol. So as of right now, he's not going to play. Uh, obviously, if he gets cleared by tomorrow, he can – or, yeah, I think it has to be by tomorrow. So he has to be cleared by tomorrow to play in Sunday's game. Hopefully that happens because I would like to see them at full strength. But until then – We'll see what happens with him. Um, for their backfield, uh, you know, I, I don't know. As of right now, they haven't said if Ronald Jones is going to be inactive again. I would think that that was trying to send a message to him. Hopefully he got the message and is improving in the practices and everything and working his way into a starting role. Uh, Peyton Barber, I, I would completely avoid him this week if possible. I do not think he's going to be able to do anything against this Philly defense on the ground. Uh, he might do something in the passing game. I wouldn't expect it. I mean, I'm telling you, if you have Peyton, Peyton Barber, I could be dead wrong about these two guys. I'll admit that, but I just I don't see him having a good game here. I would completely avoid him as, if possible. And then I do have Philly winning this game. Like I said, I just I think Fitzpatrick will have himself a good game. I don't see it being you know the career best like he had last week. The four touchdowns, rushing touchdown, no interceptions, almost 500 yards. He was just Fitzmagic. He had it going on. I don't expect that to happen. Happen again this week, though. Philly is going to pull off the win here. Next up, Houston at Tennessee. Houston side of things, obviously, Deshaun Watson brought down to earth a little bit in this game. Uh, a lot of people were expecting him to be exactly what it was last year. As I've said, I didn't think that was going to happen. I do think he's going to get back close to that, but not quite that. Uh, wide receivers here. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to get his. He's always his fantasy value has come from uh, the volume that he gets. He got 11 targets last week. It's going to continue again this week. Uh, Will Fuller should play this week. If he does, I think that that's better for Watson uh, than having just DeAndre Hopkins out there. Uh, Bruce Ellington is a good player. He scored for them last week, but Will Fuller is a much better player. He has that speed on the outside to get matched perfectly with what DeAndre Hopkins does as well. So hopefully if he's back, I, I could see that going, uh, them having a much better game. Uh, Lamar Miller here, if you've got him, play him. He's just he's going to get the carries. He's going to get the workload. Until Foreman comes back, Miller has got to be a start every week. I do expect Watson to have himself a good game as well. Uh, for the tight ends there, there's really nothing for the, for the Texans. Uh, I like Jordan Akins, but I don't see him having himself a big game here. This week, uh, he's more of a long-term project in my eyes. 
Tennessee side of things, as I talked about earlier, Marcus Mariota, Blaine Gabbard are going to split time here. Sorry, guys, if I, if I start speeding up here, I've got to go pick up my parents from the airport uh, for the Buckeyes game tomorrow here in a little bit. So I'm trying to get through this because I don't want to make this two podcasts. I want to get everything in here tonight so you guys can listen to it. Uh, so for Tennessee side of things, again, Mariota, Blaine Gabbard, they're splitting time. Uh, I, obviously, I, I'm not expecting if they're really going to be splitting it as much as uh, – Head coach uh, Mike Rabel is saying, "I'm not. I don't expect either one of them to have good games here. Uh, I'm avoiding Derrick Henry. I don't think he's going to have a good game either uh, against this defense. Uh, that front, those obviously that defensive line is stacked. They've got pretty good linebackers. I think Houston's weakness is their secondary." Uh, and so that's where I think Deion Lewis comes into play. The way that they're running with this kind of zone offense, uh, with the, the the RPOs and everything, the way they have Mariota moving out of the pocket, that just works better toward Deion Lewis's game, which is exactly why they signed him. You know, these guys, although it's the same general manager and everything, it's not the same coaching staff that wanted Derrick Henry and liked running that power formation like Derrick Henry uh, is used to. So I, I don't see Henry having a good game here. I think it's Lewis all day long i think he's going to be probably a top 12 back this week uh for the wide receivers Rashard matthews and Corey davis are really the only two i'm interested here uh, i could see Corey davis actually having a fairly good game this week i, I just don't trust any of the uh, houston secondary now Corey davis is right now listed as questionable with the hamstring injury i think he'll be fine and he'll be play or he will be play. He will play. Other than that, though, Rashard Matthews, uh, he didn't really do much last week. I could see him kind of getting back up this week again. He's been an underrated option in fantasy every week. He didn't even have a reception or a catch last week. He wasn't even targeted against the Dolphins. I expect that to change and him have himself a good game here. Tight end Jonu Smith, um, you know, much like with Terrell Pryor and the Jets, I need to see it first. I, I he, he didn't do anything last week once Walker went out. I know that last week, for me, honestly, last week when it was the Titans and Dolphins was a throwaway game for both teams, in my opinion. It was a five-hour game due to the lightning and the holdoffs, and they kept having to pause, not pause the game, but postpone the game, all that stuff. So for me, John Smith, I need to see it first. If you want to grab him before that, and hopefully you have him after he makes his breakout, great. I, I, that's a solid strategy. I'm all for that. But um, I just can't promote him up until I can see him actually do it just because I'm just not sold on him being able to do anything. Next up, another game that I think could be a huge fantasy game, Indianapolis at Washington. Indy's side of things here, Washington defense looked good last week against Arizona. I expect them to be able to put pressure on Luck. Force him to make plays. Uh, I think he's going to be going to T.Y. and Eric Ebron a lot like he did last week. Expect Luck to have a good game here. Nothing uh, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. Don't expect him to have a bad game. Hopefully, he doesn't have to throw 53 times like he did last week against Cincinnati. But if he does, that's just fantasy points for us. So that is what it is. Wide receiver side, uh, T.Y. Hilton uh, is uh, the guy I see having a big game here. Uh, I think Luck's going to look to him early and often. They they didn't really get any long uh, plays last week. Uh, I expect that to change this week. Hopefully they'll be able to get that done. Ryan Grant, uh, I think, could get some catches work here, but I don't expect much out of him. Uh, 
Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle. Uh, I expect Doyle to get more catches, more targets, but Ebron in the red zone. As I've been saying all offseason, he got the touchdown last week. I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. Uh, So Ebron, I think, has a chance for a better upside, especially if he gets a touchdown catch. But Jack Doyle is going to be the more reliable option. Uh, As for their running backs, uh, Marlon Mack, it looks like – is still questionable. If he plays, I think you've got to fade Wilkins here, even though I think Wilkins is the better back. Marlon Mack's going to get the shot to keep his job first. Uh, So Mack and Hines, I think, will be the ones splitting that backfield, and Wilkins will be on the bench. Uh, If Mack doesn't play, then it's going to be Wilkins and Hines again. Um, You know, Washington, I don't don't think they're going to be able to run that well on him, so I probably would still avoid Wilkins anyway. But if you need him deeper play, go for it. He could break. All it takes is that one big breakoff run for him to have himself a good game. Washington side here. I mean, they looked great last week. I expect it to continue. Indianapolis defense is even worse than Arizona's. Uh, I expect Thompson to have himself a good game here. Peterson, I don't think will be quite as good, but he'll still have himself a decent day. I think. Uh, wide receiver wise, I think Crowder's going to come out this week. Uh, did not have a great week last week. You know, just just the three catches for 32 yards last week. I expect that to uptick. He'll have a bigger game this week, I think. Uh, Josh Doxson, I mean, one catch for 11 yards last week. I, I don't even know what to do with this kid anymore. I would avoid him at all costs. Uh, Alex Smith, I expect to have another good game this week. And uh, I have the Redskins winning this game. And in the Texans-Titans game, I, forgot, I do have the Texans winning the game. Uh, but I have the Redskins winning this one. Have the Chiefs beating the Steelers because, my bad, I just realized I forgot to give them my picks for those games. Uh, next up, Arizona against the Los Angeles Rams at the Los Angeles Rams. Arizona side of things here, I mean... Again, much like last week, it's all DJ and all Larry the Legend. Uh, uh, they don't have anybody else to go to. Uh, I'm not sure DJ is going to get much rushing work this week. Much like last week, he's going up against a much better defense. This defense does not have any weaknesses at all. Their front seven uh, is, well, I take that back. I think their linebacker is a little bit weaker than anything else, but their secondary is solid. Their defensive line is solid with Donald and Sue. Both of them had decent but not great games last week. I think that's going to pick up throughout the year. So I don't see DJ getting a lot of rushing yards here, but he's going to get work in the passing game. He'll he'll get his points. He'll probably get a touchdown. DJ should be good. And then, like I said, Larry Fitzgerald, they'll probably go to him early often. He's more than – I guess the best way to put it, he's he's the safety blanket. He's like the tight end of this offense. You know, they don't – I don't think Ricky Seal-Jones – I take that back. I actually think Ricky Seal-Jones might have himself a decent game here looking at my projections. Um, but it's going to be Larry and Ricky Seal-Jones. There's nobody else there, in my opinion, they're going to go to. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Bradford did not look particularly good. I think if he has another bad game, they might – start talking about or thinking about leaning toward Rosen. Obviously, if Bradford gets hurt, that'll happen anyways. Uh, I don't obviously hope that happens. I hope that he's fine. Uh, But we'll see where this offense goes. I think it's kind of fairly limited if Bradford's going to keep playing the way that he did and with as bad as his offensive line has looked. Uh, For the Rams, I mean, it starts your Rams all day long. Um, This Arizona defense didn't look good last week against Washington. I expect them to look just as poor this week. If you've got Gurley, start him. you got Goff, start him. Robert Woods. Uh, Brandon Cooks, though, here, I think could get taken out of this game. Um, If Arizona puts Patrick Peterson on him now, 
they, they've, he's kind of been playing on one side of the field uh, lately, it seems, with, with Brandon Williams and uh, Jamar Taylor. They've all been kind of playing their sides of the field. I think if Peterson travels with Cooks, he'll be able to shut him down, so I would avoid Cooks completely. Um, I, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say completely. If you have him and you really need to start him, go ahead. I know he had a good game last week, uh, but Cooks is a wide receiver I think that can be shut down, and I think that could possibly happen this week, so I'd be looking Cooper Cup and Robert Woods for the Rams, and then I have the Rams winning this game. Uh, next up, Detroit at San Francisco. Uh, I mean, Detroit, just wow. I, I don't expect them to be as bad as they were against the Jets, but man, that was an ugly performance. Um, Stafford, I think, will bounce back a little bit more. I don't think this defense, San Francisco's defense is quite as good as the Jets. Uh, so I see Stafford bouncing back a little bit. Tate having himself a good game here. Really interested to see if Galladay can continue what he did last week. If he can, I think he's going to continue to trend upwards and take over Marvin Jones right now. As I've said before, I think they're kind of cannibalizing each other. I don't expect either one to have a huge game while they're both there. But if Galladay can continue doing what he did last week he'll become the number two or number one with Tate being right there and kind of get the bulk of those looks uh, tight end wise nothing for me on Detroit I mean Luke Wilson didn't really do much last week don't expect him to do much again this week San Francisco side of things I expect Jimmy G to have himself a good game obviously Goodwin is out uh, so you got to go Pierre Garçon and it's Dante Pettis time again. He had a beautiful catch in the back of the end zone last week. I expect him to continue to look good and play well again this week. Uh, I can't imagine that Slay will be on him. If he is, it'll be Garçon, but I would imagine Slay's probably going to be more on Garçon than Pettis. So it's going to be Pettis all day long for me in their backfield. Uh... I mean, I, I would lean Brita right now. Morris did not look particularly well. Brita obviously much better in the passing game. Uh, we'll see if Morris can have himself a game here. I think he can solidify himself more as a first and second down back. Uh, but for me now, I'd fade him, go Brita. And then I have San Francisco winning this game. Oakland at Denver. Uh, man. Oakland, Derek Carr, I would avoid starting him if possible. This defense is much better than what a lot of people think. Uh, while they're not quite what uh, the Rams are, obviously, I think they're right, right, just a step below them. Not quite as good, but a step below. Uh, I don't expect him to do much. Don't expect Amari Cooper to be able to do anything against the secondary, honestly. I think Jordy could do something here. Uh, I think it's going to be a Jared Cook game again, to be honest with you. I think that's where the matchup is. A lot of talk last week was that's what Gruden's going to focus on and try and exploit is the matchups. Uh, and I think he'll be able to do that with Jared Cook again. Um, on uh, With their running backs, Marshawn Lynch... Um, I think he'll get a fair amount of work here. I think Jalen Richard showed that he's the hurry up back. So if you have him, I think he's a decent flex play or a deep play, deep play at running back. I think he's going to get a fair amount of catches and some work whenever they get into the hurry up offenses. And if you have Marshawn Lynch again, play him. I think he'll get in some work. He'll probably get a rushing touchdown if they get down toward the red zone. Uh, but he's definitely good to go. Denver's side of things here, I think uh, Case Keenum is going to have himself a day. I think he has a chance to jump up into that top 12. I don't think he's going to throw three picks like he did last week, which really kind of hurt him. Uh, for me, it's another Emmanuel Sanders day. 
day again. He seemed to target Sanders a lot. I think he's going to do it again. Demarius Thomas, though, I could see coming up with a touchdown. I think I think that's really what's going to happen for this offense is DT is going to be the guy down by the red zone, and Emmanuel Sanders is going to be that guy that moves the chains. He's going to target him a lot and often in between the 20s. And then when they get down the red zone, it's going to be all DT. So if, if Sanders wants to score, he's going to have to break something in the middle of the field. Um, I think Royce Freeman is going to be good here, have himself a good game. Uh, I'm not as worried about Philip Lindsay as much as I love the kid, and that's my boy. Uh, I do think Royce Freeman is going to get a bulk of the carries. Lindsay will come in and get some passing work. He'll get some carries. Hopefully they're able to push Devontae Booker completely out of this backfield as I just don't think he's nearly as talented as the other two. Uh, and Royce Freeman, I think they will have a big game here, especially if he scores. Uh, I do have Denver winning this game. Now to the best game of the afternoon, New England at Jacksonville. New England side of things here. If you've got Tom Brady, I still think you've got to start him. I know Jacksonville's defense is scary, um, and by far probably or they're right there in the discussion with Minnesota as the best defense in the league. I would take Jacksonville's um their secondary, obviously legit. Interested to see how that works if Jalen Ramsey is going to cover Gronk with some of the uh, trash talk that's been going on. I would expect Gronk to get his at least a little bit maybe to show a point. I, I can see them being a little bit petty and trying to rub it in. Um, right now, Rex Burkhead is still in the concussion protocol. Question to play. So is Sony Michelle. If neither one of them play, or even if Burkhead's in, I think this is going to be more of a James White game. He's the guy I would lean on uh, for wide receivers. Chris Hogan, I'd be scared to start him, but I think he's got to be the guy here. I can't imagine anybody else is going to put up any points. Uh, Corey Coleman obviously just signed there. I doubt he plays. You know, I don't expect Philip Dorsett to have a good game again this week against that secondary. I could be wrong. Again, a lot of it's going to depend on who Ramsey shadows. I, I really think that he's going to be able to shut down whoever he's on. Maybe they put him on Gronk, and that's who they try and slow down and or stop. I don't expect that. Uh even if Gronk is, he gets put on Gronk, I expect Gronk to have himself a decent game here again. With tight ends as bad as they are, if you've got Gronk, you're starting him. So there's there's nothing to worry about there with Gronk. On Jacksonville's side here, with Leonard Fournette, uh, the hamstring injury, he was the last guy I did some looking up on. So a lot of the talk is, and I think he is going to sit out this week, and it's going to be TJ Yeldon. Uh, I know this is a big game for the Jaguars because I think this could come down to who gets home field advantage uh, with as good as these two teams look to be throughout the year. Um, but with Fournette, with that hamstring injury, uh, there's a better chance uh, if you rest – you're going to be healthier next week with those hamstring injuries. He didn't really tear anything. It's just a grade one. Um, so it's not a grade one strain. It's not a big deal. The more time you have to rest it, the better you're going to be. And again, as I've been saying all week, I really think they'll rest him this week for the long play. They don't want to play him two week, week two and then have him completely tear it or do something worse when they can just rest him. TJ Yeldon will fill in. He'll be decent here. I think Yeldon, if you've got him, Get ready to play him because I think Fournette's going to be out. For their wide receivers, um, I think Keelan Cole is going to have himself a good game here. Again, a lot of that's going to rely on Blakey. Uh, Mr. Blake Bortles, not sure what he's going to be able to do against this New England defense. They did a good job 
uh, kind of in that second half shutting him down, though some people in the playoffs last year, though some people said that's because they seemed to get a little bit complacent and didn't try and step on New England's throats when you have to, especially when we're talking about New England. So hopefully, like I said, Keelan Cole, I'm, I'm really big on him. I could see D.D. Westbrook doing something here, but if I had to choose between the two, I would take Keelan Cole this week. And I have Jacksonville winning it. I think they've got a really good home field advantage. I don't think while Yeldon is a drop off from Fournette, I think Yeldon will do good enough and play well enough in that running back spot to help deliver a win for Jacksonville. And then the last game of the night, Sunday night, the game I'm really looking forward to, New York Giants at Dallas. So this is always a great game, usually always week one or week two, Sunday night game. Uh, it's probably going to be the most watched game of the weekend just because it's the Giants and, and the Dallas Cowboys. On the Giants side here, uh, as I've already talked about, I think Manning's going to have himself a good game here, uh, and Ingram, OBJ, and Barkley. And here's why I say that. I think that Dallas's offense has just looked so bad, I'm not sure they're going to be able to get anything going against this Giants defense. And the longer that defense is out there, while I think the Dallas defense is good, they're going to get worn out. I think that's where Barkley's going to come into play. All it takes is one big run, much like he had against Jacksonville, for him to put up his points. I think he's going to get it. Uh, I do think Odell is going to have himself a big game here. Uh, for the most part, he's always... Uh, done a really good job against the Cowboys. Uh, I think he's had one bad game against them, which was the first time they played each other last year. Uh, but he usually torches them. I expect him to do the same again in this game. I expect him to score in this game. Um, and Evan Ingram, I expect to bounce back a little bit again. Uh, Manning missed him on a couple big plays last week. I hope and expect that not to happen as I don't think their defense, the pass rush will be quite as Good as last week's against Jacksonville, though Demarcus Lawrence does scare me for the Cowboys. Um, I don't expect it to be quite as good as Jacksonville's. Uh, for the Cowboys side of things, um, I think it's going to be Zeke all day long again, but I think the Giants are expecting that, and they're going to try and shut him down, so I'm not exactly 100% sure what Zeke's going to be able to do here. I think until Dak can prove that he can beat somebody they're gonna stack the boxes hopefully Dak can do that this week um I'm just not sure he's gonna be able to I think Cole Beasley's gonna get a lot of work here uh but Alan Hearns Michael Gallup I, I like him but like I've said in the preseason I think he is much more of a vertical speed guy and I just don't think Dak has the ability to get him the ball uh, I really do hope Dallas can stay competitive because I think if it's competitive it's going to be much better for fantasy for both teams uh, than a blowout um I just I'm not 100% sure it's going to happen I do hope it does I do hope Dak can get it together and play but I think a lot of that too is not just on Dak but on the offensive coordinator Scott Lanahan and um Jason Garrett, I just think they have not done a good job calling plays for this team, made the Cowboys look bad. Uh, other than that, though, I think the Giants are going to end up winning this game, uh, which is not good because I think Dallas is the one that cannot afford to go 0-2. I think if they go 0-2, things are really going to get bleak for them, where I think the Giants could bounce back from it. Uh, but for fantasy, really, on the Cowboys, I'm just going Zeke. I mean, if you want to take a shot on Dak, I can understand it. He's going to have to have a good game for the Cowboys to be in this. All right, so that is all the games. I will break down the Monday night game on Monday's podcast, probably with Mr. Dennis Bennett. Uh, the Mixon news that just broke out, um, it hasn't been confirmed if he's going to need it, but 
the Bengals fear that he is going to need a cleanup surgery uh, procedure on his knee and is expected to miss time. Uh, Adam Schefter did just tweet out that he is expected to be sidelined for two weeks with this procedure, but I'm not seeing where it's confirmed that he's going to have to have the cleanup on his knee that he injured last night. Uh, so everything looks like it's going to be leaning toward Mixon's going to be out for at least the next two weeks so plan accordingly on that that really sucks because I really thought he looked good and was turning it around um so man that sucks I liked bro Mixon so Mixon out for likely two weeks now is what the look it looks like uh so then other than that guys have a great weekend enjoy the Great college football games we have this weekend, LSU and Auburn, and then, of course, Ohio State and TCU Saturday night again. You watch College Game Day, look for me. I'll be there with my dad and my brother holding up signs, be at the game. Can't wait for that. And then, of course, have a great Sunday, NFL Sunday, Week 2. Wish you all the best of luck with your fantasy matchups this weekend again, guys. And I am out. Peace. Thank you again for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable podcast. Check us out on Twitter, FLA Blog on Medium, and come back tomorrow for our brand new episode. Have a great day, guys.